You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. now entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. Human migration, being the movement by people from one place to another, with the intentions of settling temporarily or permanently in the new location typically involves movements over long distances and from one country or region to another. Migration can be voluntary or involuntary. Involuntary migration includes the slave trade, trafficking in human beings, and ethnic cleansing. The earliest human migrations and expansions of archaic and modern humans across the continent began two million years ago in the migration out of Africa of Homo erectus. It was followed by the migrations of other pre-modern humans, including Homo heidelbergensis the likely ancestor of both modern humans and Neanderthals. Finally, Homo sapiens ventured out of Africa around 100,000 years ago, spread across Asia around 60,000 years ago, and arrived on new continents and islands since then. Knowledge of early human migrations a major topic of archaeology has been achieved by the study of human fossils, occasionally by Stone Age artifacts, and more recently has been assisted by archaeogenetics. Cultural and ethnic migrations are estimated by combining archaeogenetics and comparative linguistics. In paleoanthropology, Out of Africa 1 is the first series 
of hominin expansions into Eurasia, which took place from 1.8 to 1 million years ago. Shortly before Africa, Homo erectus had descended from the worldland-restricted Homo habilis. Homo erectus diverging from Homo habilis adapted to the ground that was open of the savannas and the arid landscapes, and later managed to expand out of East Africa, eventually into Eurasia. According to recent African origin of modern human hypothesis, out of Africa too, anatomically modern humans started moving into Eurasia and replacing earlier hominins around 100,000 years ago. The phrase out of Africa used alone generally means out of Africa too, the expansion of modern humans into Eurasia. Until the early 1980s, hominins were thought to have been restricted to the African continent in the early Pleistocene or until about 800,000 years ago. Plus, archaeological efforts have been disproportionately focused on East Africa. Further hominin migrations out of East Africa were probably rare in the early Pleistocene, leaving a record of events broken in space and time. In general, archaeological evidence does not fit simple theories of where the migrations took place and is insufficient to support elaborate conjectures. The oldest hominin sites are in East Africa. The earliest known retouched tools were found in Lungkui, Kenya, and date back to 3.3 million years ago in the late Pliocene. They might be the product of Australopithecus gari, or Panathropus athiopius, the two known hominins contemporary with the tools. Homo habilis is the first member of the Homo line and could have descended from Australopithecus as early as 2.3 million years ago. It is first attested in Lake Turkana in Kenya. Homo erectus seems to have appeared later, its earliest remains dating back to 1.9 million years ago at Kubifora, Kenya. The two species would have lived face to face in East Africa for nearly half a million years. Well before Homo habilis disappeared, around 1.4 million years ago, Homo erectus had made it into Eurasia. The earliest well-dated Eurasian site is Demansi in Georgia, securely dated to 1.8 million years ago. A skull found at Demansi is evidence for carrying of the old. The skull shows that this Homo erectus was advanced in age and had lost all but one tooth years before death and it is perhaps unlikely that this hominid would have survived alone. It is not certain, however, 
that this is sufficient proof for caring. A partially paralyzed chimpanzee at the Gombe Reserve survived for years without help. Early Pleistocene sites in North Africa, the geographical intermediate of East Africa and Georgia, are in poor stratigraphic context. The earliest of the dated in northern Algeria, an Oldowan grade layer at about 1.8 million years ago. These sites attest that the earliest hominins had crossed the North African tracks, which are usually hot and dry. Hominins were part of the East African biome and a flux in climate could have briefly expanded their environment, giving them the chance to move north. There is little time between Homo erectus's apparent arrival in South Caucasus around 1.8 million years ago and its probable arrival in East and Southeast Asia. There is evidence of hominins in Yanuma, China, dating back to 1.7 million years ago, and in Sagarin on Java, Indonesia from 1.6 million years ago. It appears hominins took longer to move into Europe, the earliest site being Barranco Leon in southeastern Spain dated back to 1.4 million years ago, and controversial Pierre Nord in southern Italy allegedly from 1.7 to 1.3 million years ago. In any case, by one million years ago, hominins had settled in most of the old world. It's hard to say, however, whether settlement was continuous in Western Europe or if successive waves repopulated the territory in glacial interludes. Early Acheulean tools at Ibidaya from 1.4 million years ago is some evidence for a continuous settlement in the West as successive waves out of Africa after then would likely have brought Acheulean technology to Western Europe. The Sinai Peninsula is the simplest African exit route being since the Pliocene and the only land bridge between the two continents of the Old World. Unless one argues for boats on behalf of Homo erectus, it is surely the only way out. However, it was hard to access until the Middle Pleistocene. The Nile was a much smaller river and followed a different course. There are two Eurasian entryways that take advantage of the Sinai. First is the Levantine Corridor, which moves north along the eastern Mediterranean. Second, down the eastern bank of the Red Sea. Archaeological efforts in Arabia are limited, and attention is usually given to the Levantine Corridor. The Bab el Mandeb is a 30 kilometer strait between East Africa and the Arabian Peninsula, with a small island, Param, three kilometers off the Arabian bank. 
the strait has a major appeal in the study of Eurasian expansion in that it brings East Africa in direct proximity with Eurasia. It doesn't require hopping from water body to the next across the North African desert. The land connection with Arabia disappeared in the Pilocene, and though it may have briefly reformed, the evaporation of the Red Sea and associated increases in salinity would have left traces in the fossil record after just 200 years and evaporate deposits after 600 years. Neither have been detected. A strong current flows from the Red Sea into the Indian Ocean, and crossing would have been difficult without a land connection. Oldowan-grade tools are reported from Param Island, implying that the strait could have been crossed in the early Pleistocene, but these finds have yet to be confirmed. The Strait of Gibraltar is the Atlantic entryway into the Mediterranean, where Spanish and Moroccan banks are only 14 kilometers apart. A decrease in sea levels in the Pleistocene due to glaciation would not have brought this down to less than 10 kilometers. Deep currents push westwards, and surface waters flow strongly back into the Mediterranean. The current would likely lose a swimmer or an unsteered raft. Entrance into Eurasia across the Strait of Gibraltar could explain the hominin remains at Barranca Leon in southeastern Spain and Cima del Efante in northern Spain. But the site of Pierre Nord in southern Italy suggests a possible arrival from the east. Resolution is insufficient to settle the matter. The modern Strait of Sicily separates Tunisia and Sicily by 145 kilometers, but is shallow and would have been much narrower in the glacial maxima. We have a poor understanding of plate tectonics of this area for the greater part of the Pleistocene. But while plate tectonics could have made the strait narrower than predicted, by the lowering of sea levels alone, contrast of the Pleistocene fauna strongly argues against an actual land bridge. Since the strait is only 400 kilometers away from North Africa, hominin sites of Ain Haq in Algeria, it remains a plausible route for early Pleistocene expansion into Eurasia. However, there is close to no evidence for a hominin passage. Presence of hominin remains in Indonesia islands is good evidence for seafaring by Homo erectus late in the early Pleistocene. It is suggested that navigation had appeared by one million years ago, possibly to exploit offshore fishing grounds. The strait has maintained a width of at least 20 kilometers for the whole of the Pleistocene. Such an achievement by Homo erectus in the early Pleistocene 
offer some strength to the suggestion water routes out of Africa, as the Gibraltar, Sicilian, and Babel Mandeb exit routes are harder to consider if boats are deemed beyond the capabilities of Homo erectus. It is unlikely that hominins populated Eurasia after a one-off event, getting a few hominins across the strait, such as a Homo erectus family drifting on flood debris and landing in a Eurasian bank. There are biological constraints to the minimum size a population must maintain to avoid extinction. That is to say, if less than 50 hominins at once made it into Eurasia and lost contact with African hominins, the population would likely undergo an extinction vortex, in part due to inbreeding. For a given species in a given environment, available resources will limit the amount of individuals that can survive indefinitely. This is the carrying capacity. Upon reaching this threshold, individuals may find it easier to gather resources in the poorer yet less exploited peripheral environment than in the preferred habitat. Homo habilis could have developed some baseline behavioral flexibility prior to its expansion into the peripheries, such as encroaching into the predatory guild. This flexibility then have been positively selected and amplified, leading to Homo erectus adaptation to the peripheral open habitats. A new and environmental flexible hominin population would have come back to the old niche and replaced the ancestral population. Moreover, some stepwise shrinking of the woodland and the associated reduction of hominin carrying capacity in the woods around 1.8 to 1.2 and 1 year, million years ago would have stressed the carrying capacity's pressure for adapting to the open grounds. With Homo erectus' new environmental flexibility, favorable climate fluxes likely opened it the way to the Levantine Corridor, perhaps sporadically in the early Pleistocene. Analysis implies that Oldowan hominins weren't predators. However, Homo erectus appears to have followed animal migrations to the north during wetter periods, likely a source of scavenged food. The saber-toothed cat, Mangenteron, was an apex predator of the early and middle Pleistocene. It became extinct in Africa 1.5 million years ago but it had already moved out through the Sinai and is among the faunal remains of the Levantine hominin site of Abudaya around 1.4 million years ago. It could not break bone marrow and its kills were likely an important food source for hominins, especially in glacier periods.
in colder Eurasian times, the hominin diet would have to be principally meat-based, and hunters must have competed with the cats. It is suggested that the success of hominins within Eurasia, once out of Africa, is in part due to the absence of zoonotic diseases outside their original habitat. Zoonotic diseases are those that are transmitted from animals to humans. While a disease specific to hominins must keep its human host alive long enough to transmit itself, zoonotic diseases won't necessarily do so, as they can complete their life cycle without humans. Still, these infections are well accustomed to human presence, having evolved alongside them. The higher an African ape's population density, the better a disease fares. 55% of chimps at the Gombe Reserve die of disease, most of them zoonotic. The majority of the diseases are still restricted to hot and damp African environments. Once hominins have moved out into the drier and colder habitats of higher latitudes, one major limiting factor in population growth was out of the equation. While Homo habilis was certainly bipedal, its long arms are indicative of an arboreal adaptation. Homo erectus had longer legs and shorter arms, revealing a transition to obligate terrestriality, though it remains unclear how this change in relative leg length might have been an advantage. Sheer body size, on the other hand, seems to have allowed for better walking energy efficiency and endurance. A larger Homo erectus would also dehydrate more slowly and could thus cover greater distances before facing thermoregulatory limitations. The ability for prolonged walking at a normal pace would have been a decisive factor for the effective colonization of Eurasia. Thermoregulation and dehydration are major problems that need to be dealt with to move into the open grasslands. In particular, vascularization of the brain is crucial in maintaining it in the narrow frame of tolerable temperatures. Bones in the higher cranium grow in response to the expansion of cerebral mass in such a way that brain tissue and blood vessels mold the inner brain case. Endocranial casts of fossil skulls allow approximating brain vascularization. It was noticed that a single large vessel, the occipital marginal sinus, was responsible for irrigating most of the brain in the early Australopithecines. The vessel grew smaller with time to be progressively replaced by a network of small veins in later hominins, 
starting with Homo habilis and continuing well into Eurasia. That interprets the change as an adaptation to the cool the brain, which was used to advance the radiator theory for accelerated encephalization from Homo habilis onwards. Bipedalism, which predates large brains, favored a rewiring of cerebral blood vessels into a gravity-assisted irrigation network, itself allowing the cool-down needed for encephalization. Endocranial casts of Homo habilis and Homo erectus differ in the organization of the frontal lobe, in particular the prefrontal cortex, where higher mental functions of consciousness and abstraction occur. By themselves, mental capacities have likely played a role in the success of Eurasian colonization. They would have allowed for greater social complexity, predation and sharing prey, and an overall higher quality diet. According to some, loss of functional body hair would have helped prevent hyperthermia, since hair will obstruct airflow over the skin and restrict cooling by evaporation. It further suggests that body cooling due to hair loss has relieved a thermal constraint on brain size. However, some hypothesize maintains that there is no evidence for a temperature constraint on brain size. So be it. However, differences in body hair between Homo habilis and Homo erectus are impossible to test, and it will remain unclear whether hair loss was part of the hominin adaptation or pre-adaptation to Eurasia. Homo sapiens seem to have appeared in East Africa around 200,000 years ago. The oldest individuals found left their marks in the Omo remains 195,000 years ago, and the Homo sapien idulta 160,000 years ago that was found in the middle of wash site in Ethiopia. When modern humans reached the Near East 125,000 years ago, evidence suggests they retreated back to Africa as their settlements were replaced by Neanderthals. It is now believed that the first modern humans to spread east across Asia left Africa about 75,000 years ago across the Bab el-Mandib connecting Ethiopia and Yemen. From the Near East, some of these people went east to South Asia by 50,000 years ago and then onwards to Australia by 46,000 years ago at the latest, when, for the first time, 
Homo sapiens reached territory never reached by Homo erectus. Homo sapiens reached Europe around 43,000 years ago, eventually replacing the Neanderthal population by 40,000 years ago. East Asia was reached by 30,000 years ago. Archaeological and genetic data suggest that the source populations of the Paleolithic humans survived in sparsely wooded areas and dispersed through areas of high primary productivity while avoiding dense forest cover. The date of migration to North America and whether humans had previously inhabited the Americas is disputed. It may have taken place around 130,000 years ago or considerably later, around 14,000 years ago. The oldest radiocarbon date carbonized plant remains were determined to be 50,000 years old and were discovered at the Topper site in Allendale, South Carolina in May 2004, alongside stone tools similar to those of pre-Clovis area humans. The oldest DNA evidence of human habitization in North America, however, has been radiocarbon dated to 14,300 years ago and was found in fossilized human, human coprolites uncovered in the Paisley Five Mile Point Caves in South Central Oregon. Colonization of the Pacific Islands of Polynesia began around 1300 BC and was completed by 1280 AD, the last spot being New Zealand. The ancestors of the Polynesians left Taiwan around 5,200 years ago. More recent migrations of language and culture groups within the modern species are also studied and hypothesized. The African Epileocalethic Cabern culture is believed to have reached Eurasia about 18,000 years ago, introducing the bow and arrow to the Middle East. It may have been responsible for the spread of the Nostractic language. The people of the Afro-Asiatic language family seem to have reached Africa in 6200 BC, introducing the Semitic languages to the Middle East. From there, they spread around the world. An initial venture out of Africa 125,000 years ago was followed by a flood out of Africa via the Arabian Peninsula into Eurasia about 60,000 years ago, with one group rapidly settling coastal areas around the Indian Ocean, and one group migrating north to the steppes of Central Asia. There is evidence from mitochondrial DNA that modern humans have passed through at least one genetic bottleneck in which genome diversity was drastically reduced. Some scientists have proposed that humans spread from a geographically restricted area about 100,000 years ago, 
the passage through the geographic bottleneck and then, with a dramatic growth, almost geographically dispersed populations about 50,000 years ago, beginning first in Africa and then spreading elsewhere. Climatological and geological evidence suggests evidence for the bottleneck. The explosion of Lake Toba created 1,000 years cold period as a result of the largest volcanic eruption of the Quaternary, potentially reducing human populations to a few tropical refuges. It has been estimated that as few as 15,000 humans survived in such circumstances. Genetic drift and founder's effect may have been maximized. The greater diversity amongst African genomes may be in part due to the greater prevalence of African refuge during the Toba incident. The most recent common ancestor shared by all living human beings, dubbed mitochondrial Eve, probably lived roughly 120 to 150 millennia ago, the time of the Homo sapiens, probably in East Africa. The broad study of African genetic diversity found the sand people to express the greatest genetic diversity among the 113 distinct populations sampled making them one of the 14 ancestral population clusters. The research also located the origin of modern human migration in southwestern Africa, near the coastal border of Nambia and Angola. Around 100,000 to 80,000 years ago, three main lines of Homo sapiens diverged. Bearers of mitochondrial halogroup LO colonized in southern Africa. Bearers of the halogroup L1 settled in central and western Africa. And bearers of the halogroups L2 and L3 and others remained in East Africa. The ancestors of Niger, Congo, and the Nilo-Saharan-speaking people. The recent African origin of modern humans, also called the out-of-Africa theory, recent single-origin hypotheses, replacement hypotheses, or recent African origin models, is in paleoanthropology, the dominant model of the geographic origin and early migration of anatomically modern humans known as Homo sapiens which proposes a single area of origin for modern humans. According to this model, modern humans evolved in East Africa and started to disperse through the world roughly 50,000 to 100,000 years ago. The single origin hypothesis is cited as having the scientific consensus as of the mid-2000s. The major competing hypothesis of recent single origin 
has been the multi-regional origin of modern humans, which envisions a wave of Homo sapiens migrating earlier from Africa and interbreeding with local Homo erectus populations in multiple regions of the globe. In the year 2010, the discovery of evidence of archaic admixture of modern humans outside of Africa with Neanderthals and Desivonians has complicated the picture. As of 2011, it appears likely that there were two waves of migration out of Africa. The first, place, first took place between 130,000 and 115,000 years ago via Northern Africa and appears to have mostly died out or retreated. Although there is some evidence of a presence of modern humans in China around 80,000 years ago. A second dispersal took place via the so-called Southern Route. Following the southern coastline of Asia, which led to lasting colonizations of Eurasia and Australia by around 50,000 years ago. Europe was populated by an early offshoot which settled the Near East and Europe. Anatomically modern humans originated in Africa about 200,000 years ago. The trend in cranial expansion and the Archulean elaboration of stone tool technologies, which occurred between 400,000 years ago and the second interglacial period in the Middle Pleistocene, which was around 250,000 years ago, provide evidence for a transition from Homo erectus to Homo sapiens. In the recent African origin scenario, Migration within and out of Africa eventually replaced the earliest dispersed Homo erectus. Homo sapiens adultu, found in the middle of Wash in Ethiopia, lived about 160,000 years ago. Beginning about 100,000 years ago, evidence of more sophisticated technology and artworks begins to emerge and by 50,000 years ago, fully modern behavior becomes more prominent. Stone tools show regular patterns that are reproduced or duplicated with more precision, while tools made of bone and antler appear for the first time. Fossils of early Homo sapiens were found in the Kwafasif cave in Israel and have been dated to 80,000 to 100,000 years ago. A fossil of modern human dated to 54,700 years ago was found in the Manat cave in Israel and named Manat 1, though the dating was questioned by scientists. Fossils from Lake Munga, Australia have been dated to around 42,000 years ago. The Tianyun Caves remains in China's Lulilang region 
and have probably date range between 38,000 and 42,000 years ago. The Taiyuan specimens are most similar in morphology to Minnetagua man. Modern humans dated between 17 and 19,000 years ago and found on Okinawa Island, Japan. South Asia and Australia. Dating the teeth from China provides evidence of early migration of modern humans from Africa into Southeast Asia before 80,000 to 120,000 years ago. The later major migration from Africa traveled along the coast of Arabia and Persia to India and the rest of South Asia. Along the way, Homo sapiens interbred with Neanderthals and Densovians, with Densovian DNA making 0.2% of mainland Asian and Native American DNA. Scientists found genetic evidence that Densovian ancestry is shared by Melanesians, Australian Aborigines, and smaller scattered groups of people in Southeast Asia, such as the Mamanawa and the Negrito people in the Philippines, suggesting that interbreeding took place in Eastern Asia, where the Densovians lived. Densovians may have crossed the Wallace Line with Wallacea serving as their last refuge. Homo erectus crossed the Lompoc Gap, reaching as far as Flores, but never made it to Australia. During this time, sea level was much lower, and most of maritime Southeast Asia formed one landmass known as Sunda. Migration continued southeast on the coastal route, to the straits between Sunda and Suhal. The continental landmass of present-day Australia and New Guinea. The gaps on the Weber line are up to 90 kilometers wide. So migration to Australia and New Guinea would have required seafaring skills. Migration also continued along the coast, eventually turning northeast to China, and finally reaching Japan before turning inland. This is the evidence by the pattern of mitochondrial haliogroups descended from haliogroup M and in Y-chromosome haliogroup C. Sequencing one of Aboriginal genomes from an old hair sample in Western Australia revealed that the individual was descended from people who migrated into East Asia between 62,000 and 75,000 years ago. This supports the theory of a single migration into Australia and New Guinea before the arrival of modern Asians between 25 and 38,000 years ago and their later migration into North America. This migration is believed to have happened around 50,000 years ago before Australia and New Guinea were separated by rising sea levels approximately 8,000 years ago. This is supported by a date of 50 to 60,000 years ago for the oldest evidence of settlement in Australia, around 40,000 years ago for the oldest human remains, and the extinction Australian megafauna by humans between 46 and 15,000 years ago, which is similar to what happened in the Americas, 
the continued use of Stone Age tools in Australia has been much debated. Now on to Europe. Europe is thought to have been colonized by northwest-bound migrants from Central Asia and the Middle East as a result of cultural adaptation to big game hunting of subglacial steppe fauna. When the first anatomically modern humans entered Europe, Neanderthals were already settled there. Debate exists whether modern human populations interbred with Neanderthal populations. Most of the evidence suggests that it happened to a small degree rather than complete absorption. Populations of modern humans and Neanderthals overlapped in various regions, such as the Iberian Peninsula and in the Middle East. Interbreeding may have contributed to Neanderthal genes to Paleolithic and ultimately modern Eurasians and Oceanians. An important difference between Europe and other parts of the inhabited world was the northern latitude. Archaeological evidence suggests humans, whether Neanderthal or Cro-Magnum, reached sites in Arctic Russia by 40,000 years ago. Around 20,000 BC, approximately 5,000 years after the Neanderthal extinction, the last glacial maximum took place forcing Northern Hemisphere inhabitants to migrate to several shelters until the end of this period. The resulting populations, whether interbred with Neanderthals or not, are then presumed to have resided in those hypothetical refugees during the LGM to ultimately reoccupy Europe, where archaic historical populations are considered their descendants. An alternate view is that modern European populations have descended from Neolithic populations in the Middle East that have been well documented in this area. The debate surrounding the origin of Europeans has been worded in terms of cultural diffusion versus endemic diffusion. Archaeological evidence and genetic evidence strongly support demic diffusion, that a population spread from the Middle East over the last 12,000 years. A scientific genetic concept called the time to most recent common ancestor has been used to refute the demic diffusion in favor of cultural diffusion. The expansion of modern human population is thought to have begun 45,000 years ago and may have taken 15 to 20,000 years for Europe to be colonized. During this time, the Neanderthals were slowly being displaced. Because it took so long for Europe to be occupied, it appears that humans and Neanderthals may have been constantly competing for territory. The Neanderthals had larger brains and were larger overall, with a more robust or heavily built frame which suggests that they were physically stronger than modern Homo sapiens. Having lived in Europe for 200,000 years, they would have been better adapted to the cold weather. The anatomical modern humans, known as the Cro-Magnums, were with widespread trade networks, superior technology, and bodies likely better suited to running would eventually completely displace the Neanderthals, whose last refuge was the Iberian Peninsula. 
After about 25,000 years ago, the fossil record of Neanderthals ends, indicating that it had become extinct. The last known population lived in a cave system on the remote south-facing coast of Gibraltar from 30,000 to 24,000 years ago. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.